Hi everybody and welcome to SCL episode 254, recorded on the 7th of March 2015, um, on uh, well in Gosport on the south coast of the UK. My name is Rob from robnofoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. Well I hope everybody's had a good few weeks. The weather is finally starting to change here in the UK. Today we've had a bit of sunshine. Um, and I'm looking out the window now and it looks very nice indeed. I might even get out after I've recorded the podcast to take some late afternoon photographs. It's 20 to 3. And uh, yeah, we've still got blue skies, no rain. A little bit cold, but not too bad. So what have I been up to in the last few weeks? Well, lots of working, as you can expect. You know me, six days a week and in the cash. Um... I did have a play with, I can't remember, did I talk about this last time? I did have a play with a kit pinhole camera, the Kids Labs 4M pinhole camera kit, which is a 35mm pinhole camera that comes in bits. And uh, I, I got it, it might even be two years now, two years ago. I think I picked it up from a car boot sale for about for a couple of quid. You can buy them new off Amazon for about £15, um, so they're not expensive at all. Dead easy to build. Um, in fact, it doesn't really come in that many bits. My original plan was, as I was building it, to do a time lapse. But because uh, there aren't that many bits, I didn't need to. I just kind of took a few photographs as I was building it. And I've put a video over on YouTube showing me building it. And uh, the results I, get, I got out from the camera, which weren't particularly good. But that wasn't really the camera's fault. It was, it was definitely my technique. I... Uh, the problem, the problem was that I overexposed almost every single frame. I didn't really believe the uh, the instructions when they said just open the the uh, the pinhole just for a fraction of a second and close it again. And on a sunny day, that would be enough. I thought, nah, nah, it's a pinhole. It's tiny. You must have to leave it open for more than that. And I did, which unfortunately led to overexposed photos, which meant that when I came to develop the photos, my negatives were incredibly thin. Um, sorry, not thin, dense. Yeah, dense. When you develop film and, it, and it's dark because it's because uh, it's negative. Yeah, um, which meant that in post processing, in order to get the detail out of them, I ended up with really noisy, horrible-looking images for the most part. And the only ones that kind of looked half decent were the ones I took nearer the end of my walkabout with the camera. Well, I kind of just flicked the shutter open very, very quickly. So, lesson learned. But um, I would definitely recommend you having a go with one. They're very cheap. They they work, which is amazing. And, you know, you just put some black and white film in, maybe something like uh, Ilford XP2400 if you wanted to be able to develop it at your local uh, lab. Or I think I did FP125. Um, so I've got lots of old film hanging around that, that I'm keen to get through. But one of the reasons why I hadn't used the um, pinhole camera or any of my 35mm film cameras recently, actually, is because I I thought that I wouldn't be able to get my old Epson 1660 scanner, my flatbed scanner, working with my new Windows 8 laptop. But because I'd used the uh, the pinhole camera to take some 35mm film and then I developed it, I thought, no, I'll have a go, and I connected it, and it wouldn't recognise it, and I downloaded the last lot of drivers available for the 1660, and it wouldn't work with Windows 8 either. But I did some research on the internet, and pretty quickly there was a forum that said, look, you download the drivers and software for another scanner, another Epson scanner, a later one, and that will work, and lo and behold, it did. So now I know that I can get my 
old Epson 1660 flatbed sc uh, scanner, which is a photo scanner. It has the extra light in the lid and the holders for 35mm film. And I can uh, shoot black and white, develop it myself, soup it myself and scan it, which is great news because I fancy going out and uh, doing a bit more black and white photography because I've got loads and loads of old black and white film to burn through. The only thing I need to do, and it's about time, is I need some new chemicals, really. I mean, I tell you what, let me go over to rubnumphoto.com and I'll check when I did the original article about developing film and that'll tell you how old my chemicals are where we are where are we developing black and white film at home so this is when i first did it and that was back in 2011 so i've still got i'm still using the same chemicals in 2015 now they are concentrated chemicals and you do sort of mix them up but that can't be very good can it maybe that's one of the reasons why those pictures from the pinhole camera didn't look didn't look very good and also the thing is ever since i got my um my developing uh, chemicals, I managed to, when I originally got them, I bought the wrong developer. I bought um, PQ developer, I think it is, which is a, uh, it's, it's well, it's called PQ Universal. So the idea is you can use it for almost anything, but it's really a paper developer um, rather than um, a traditional film developer. So, so there we go. Anyway, so at least now I've got a scanner that will work. It's worth buying some new developer fixer and uh, stop bath uh, to develop my 35mm 35mm film. So all is good in that department. Now, the other thing that's happened is the Amateur Photographer of the Year competition has started again over on Amateur Photography magazine. And I thought it might be a good idea, just like last year, to mirror their monthly assignments for the next several months with the ones on the RobinonPhoto.com Flickr group. Um, because uh, the great thing about the Amateur Photographer competition from Amateur Photography magazine is that it's free to enter and it's open to any amateur photographers anywhere in the world. And you can win all these fantastic prizes. There's, um, I think for the first month, there's, uh, what can you win? Uh, you can win some lens, Sigma lens and a Sigma flash. And I think the grand prize is a Sigma SD1 Merrill. I'm not sure what that is. That might be a camera with a 17 to 50 f 2.8 lens. Um, so yeah, fantastic. And if you've uh, done any reading about the recent sort of Sigma products with their lenses, they really are on top of the game. Things like their um, oh, is it their 18 to 35 f 1.8 lens? People are saying that's you know one of the best EFS lenses you can get no matter what, from anybody, from Canon or Nikon. So, you know, it's really good kit. So you've got a chance to win that. And all you've got to do is, if you're outside the UK and you win something, you just might have to pay customs when it comes in to your country. So I think, why not? You know, why not? Why don't we give it a go? Now, um, it goes for several um, months, up until about November. But the first one for March is nightlife or low-light photography. So, you know, so if you're up for it and, you know, and want to get outside your photography comfort zone by maybe taking some photographs of things you have, don't normally do and have a chance of winning some really great prizes, I think it would be a good idea to have a crack at this. And so the idea is that over on Rubnum, the RobNumphoto.com Flickr group, and there's links over on RobNumphoto.com, um, you can uh, put your photographs in there that you might use or similar photographs to kind of inspire us all um, with the idea of submitting them. However... There is a little difference this year, I think. And last year when we were doing it, I kind of said that maybe what you should do is shoot new photographs 
um, during the month and then just pick your best ones to submit to the competition. But I don't, I don't agree with that now. I think you you go through all of your photographs you've ever taken and you submit the you know the best ones the ones you think are most likely to win because there is no time limit in the rules they don't say the photos that you must submit must be have been taken in the month of March 2015 so people can submit anything so I think that probably makes it a little bit easier doesn't it because if for some reason you're very busy which I know happens to me a lot and you can't get out and take pictures of that particular subject for that particular month you can still dip into your back catalogue and submit them I mean it's worth having a look at the rules I think they don't like it if you've already submitted a particular image to a particular to a different competition in the past um, so I would avoid doing that but that's what I'm going to do so I'm going to go out during this month and have a look around and see if I can take some night themed low light photography but when it comes to actually submitting a photo I'm going to go back through all my different photos you know that I can find <laughs> to look for the best one now the other side of it is the fact that um, because you can do that, uh, it's worth thinking about the other themes throughout the year, so that you may well capture some images that you'll want to use later on. So the first month for March is nightlife, low light photography, and then for the April assignment, it's going abstract, abstract images, and then May it's the wider perspective, so creative wide angle photographs. For June, it's in focus, so shallow depth of field photographs. Um, for July, it's up close, so macro, insects, flowers or plants. Um, for August, it's on the street, so street photography. And for September, the lay of the land, landscapes and cityscapes. And it all finishes off um, in October with shades of grey, not that type, which is black and white images. So if you just... You know, as I'm saying those things, I bet you're thinking in your head, ooh, wait a minute, I know I've got a really nice macro photo photograph that I could submit. And I know I am. I, you know, many years ago, I took some really good macro photos of, of insects. So I'm going to submit one of those. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's what we should do. If you fancy it, have a go. Remember, it's free to enter. You might win um, some fantastic prizes. It's open to ev all amateur photographers over the whole world. And, uh, yeah. So there we go. Um, I've already put up a dis new discussion thread over on RobinandPhoto.com, uh, the, the RobinandPhoto.com Flickr group, for the March assignment, which, again, is nightlife, low-light photography. So if you fancy sticking some images in there, happy days. And, uh, you know, have a go. It's free. It'll challenge yourself. And you never know. You may win some cool stuff. Okay, so bit of a short podcast this time. Thank you very much for all the comments over on RobinandPhoto.com and the reviews on iTunes and in different places. Thank you to everybody who takes part in the Flickr group and puts their photos in there. Um, inspirational work, one and all. It really is fantastic that we have a group of people who are willing to do that. Um, thanks for all the emails I get. I so enjoy getting emails off listeners. Um, just send me an email. Tell me about you know, maybe how you found out about the podcast, how you got into photography, anything at all. Especially I like technical questions as well because that gives me ideas for the podcast. I'm thinking about ideas of the podcast. If you'd like anything covered, just let me know. Um, and of course, you can hear more of me if you can put up with it over on YouTube. Just look for Rob Nunn, R-O-B space N-U-N-N or Scale Speeder and you can see the channel over there. But most of all, thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast. Well, that's enough from me. My name's Rob from RobNunnPhoto.com, scalespeeder at gmail.com and hopefully pretty soon I'll see you on Flickr.